what was the outcome of your meeting yesterday? Thank you, Tepinson. Thank you for having me in your program again. Um, we, we had a constructive meeting yesterday. You know, the um, the big challenge is really we've really gone off the big discussions about sustainability and so on, and we are really now focusing on uh, uh, focusing on just how to get the system to work for 2018. Uh, simply because uh, it's a fait accompli, and uh, there's not much you know, we can do except to try and get the system to work now. Um, so we focused on two things mainly. The one was uh, uh, kind of to get the department to put out a steady stream of information about how the system is actually going to work. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are lots and lots of issues. And uh, the second was uh, for universities to come to grips with the fact that uh, uh, they would actually, how would they actually deal with students who pitch up on their campuses, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 and in particular to address the issue of uh, of uh, whether places, if places were available, would students be considered for, applic- for places at individual institutions? And if not, uh, how would we advise students and help students uh, to get onto the national database uh, run by DHET? So, I mean, uh, we've heard reports that uh, the University of Limpopo, for instance, is taking in walk-ins for registration. So how does each institution decide for itself? Because won't there be an expectation, for instance, that if one university can do it, why can't the others? Yes. So, you know, every university has uh, had a a closing date for applications, which went back to September 2017 or so. So universities will have a fairly good idea of... uh, how many applications they are for equal places in each program. And, of course, it's different, you know. So, you know, I suspect that if you take uh, the medical faculties, for example, uh, there'd be 20 times the number of applications as there are places at each of our medical schools. Uh, so, um, uh, so universities will have a fairly good idea where places are still available. And where those places are available, uh, universities will, in fact, uh, process students uh, for for those places, if there's a match between the students and the places that are available. Hmm. So, the University of Limpopo, according to our information, has space for five thousand uh, students annually. That's correct. Does that correct. differ from most of the universities? As in, is there a university that has considerably larger capacity in terms of intake than another? Oh, of course, yes. It all depends on the size of the university. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, the University of uh, Johannesburg, for example, I suspect will be in the region of about 8,000 places. Uh, DUT, where our vice chancellor has uh, about 7,000 places available. Uh, UKZN, and I just heard a few minutes ago, has about uh, eight to 9,000 places available. So it really depends on the size of the institution. Okay. And I'm asking this so that uh, our listeners and generally people could be educated and aware of what the distinctions are. So what do you do then in cases where there is a push for university to at least take on a little bit extra? The suggestion has been made by the EFF, for instance, and while it may stretch your staff capacity, that why don't you introduce... um, Night classes. The minister herself spoke about the issue of online classes. What are you doing to accommodate the situation? Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, universities, uh, you know, 
have, have what is called this enrollment plan, you know, which is a five-year plan. That five-year plan has a growth built into it. So the, the, the entire system as a whole is growing at about 1.2% a year. Now, uh, there are several factors that go into that calculation. So the one is clearly capacity, you know, infrastructure, number of people. If you have evening classes, you still have to have professors, you know, to teach. So, um, so it's infrastructure, both human capacity and infrastructure. And then secondly, it's the amount of money that the government has for subsidy. So that comes into the factor. And, and so there's quite a tight regulation of the rate at which universities can grow. Having said that, you know, it's not going to be a chain smash if there's, you know, if Limpopo takes in 5,400 students instead of 5,000 students, say, uh, you know, there'll be, uh, there'll be the capacity to take in a few, an extra, a small number of extra students. Uh, so it's, you know, I don't think that that's going to be a big issue. Uh, we haven't yet reached a point, uh, over the last uh, five, six, ten years, where universities have had to turn qualified students away uh, from uh, from admission, there are, there, are, there are sufficient places. That's I think that's what I want to make. All right, thank that's you. the point I want to make. All right, thank you very much for speaking. Can Students uh, Congress has launched the Right to Learn campaign, which seeks to assist students from all sorts of exclusion, including financial, academic, or sexual exclusion. The Congress also wants a new law that will force the private sector to contribute towards education and the country. We're now on the line to Luando uh, Mangreshi, who is the Deputy Secretary General of SASCO. Very good uh, evening to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us. I'm sure you've, lis- you've listened to a portion of that interview that I had with the Universities of South Africa CEO. So within the context of this um, uh, conundrum, so to speak, of free higher education, how are you going to help students? Okay. Uh, we, we are, uh, as a South African Students Congress in campuses, as you speak, we have started from the 4th of January to assist all students that are either prospective students or students coming back to the system for the second time and continuing in the system. And, uh, but most importantly, we are uh, up uh, for the work this year because there is an introduction of free education, which we have made a serious confusion both in the media and in our uh, general students and those that are prospective students. So when campuses to attend to some of those problems that will be encountered uh, and challenges that will be encountered when implementing this free education that is pronounced by President Sun. So that's exactly what I want to understand. How are you going to help in alleviating that confusion? The EFF is saying uh, that their agenda is to ensure that students who never had the opportunity because of financial exclusions are able to walk into universities and register. The government says there's a central portal in which uh, students who hadn't registered before can now go and do so, and then that, that will be worked out. How are you lending a hand? All our, our 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 members in campus, they are receiving new students who are coming to the system, who are either coming to apply for the first time, or others are coming to check their statuses. Our comrades are in all campuses to assist those. We are using all media platforms to communicate uh, our 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 positions. Today we met with the director general 
Mr. Konde and the Deputy Minister of Education, so that we are able to clear out the questions that pregnant questions that are left out uh, unanswered by the pronouncement. So we, after that meeting, communicated with our structures on the ground so that they are alert on the information that we 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 are are getting from the department and our positions that we take. We are continuing to be in liaison with both the department and our structures on the ground to ensure that all students that are coming in institutions, there are no students who are excluded either by financial uh, uh, exclusion or otherwise, because we believe that uh, this uh, pronouncement that has been made by President Zuma is there to ensure that students that are coming from the poor uh, are able to access uh, doors of high learning. We are not going to, we are not obsessed with the call that has been made by EFF because EFF speaks about walk-ins that must just go to campuses without taking into consideration the, either the quotas that are there in institutions or application processes. And we're saying in SASCO, walk-ins have ever been there in the previous years. And we have, in all the institutions, been accepting walk-ins because in, a, in, a, in the previous year, you would have a situation where students apply. And in some departments or faculties, they would not, when they select and uh, accept uh, as, per the, as per the quotas of those faculties. So you would then, at the beginning of the year, accept students as they come with their results and admit up until you are able to reach out to the number that you would expect as the institution in that particular uh, course. So we're saying then we are not really obsessed as to the calls that have been made because they are not something new. Uh, Working is something that has ever been there and we have been attending to them. And as we speak, all institutions are accepting working. We have been visiting institutions today for terrorists, UJ, they are welcoming uh, 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 walk-ins the same way that it has ever been done. All right, but thank you very is, much. Uh, yeah. That is Luando Mangishi, who is Deputy Secretary General of SASCO.